The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your hosts, Ray Austin and J.D. Harris, are getting the discussion together, so it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you, too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your hosts of The Man Cave, J.D. Harris and Ray Austin. It's been it's been a minute. We had a little technical difficulties there, but hey, it's been a little bit. It's been a minute. Been on the road, uh, traveling, going to the NFL draft, and uh, what an event! Had an opportunity to connect NFL legends like Marv Levy, uh, Bruce Smith, Antonio Freeman. Even though he was on the enemy lines, to KO Spikes, uh, Bryant Young goes on and on and on, um, but. So now our football offseason has begun or is in play, and we're still, we're still left with the out of the big three. We still got basketball going and hockey is going on its way out but, uh, and baseball. So going into a little bit, um, brought on a special guest, and he's been so gracious to come on the show he, uh, as he's one of the hardest working mans in the Midwest. Uh, a longtime classmate of mine, um, watched him a- actually as a football player. A lot of people don't even know that when he was uh, in, in grade school, middle school, and then watched him. Uh, he's a similar stature to me, uh, dominate the fl- floor in basketball um, from Waukegan. I want to introduce you guys all to Ronzel Newsom. Zelio, what's happening, bro? What's happening? What's so, happening? So, Hey, are, thanks, for, still, uh, thanks for letting me be on the show. Oh, no problem, no problem. You know, this, hey, this is what we did back in the day anyway. Sit at the lunch tables, exactly. start talking about everything, sports, and or almost getting in fights in your backyard, playing hoops and stuff like that. I don't know. I wasn't one of the people, but. <laughs> oh, yeah, you was always the one ready to get in the fight. <laughs> so, anyway, man, hey. First of all, you're still in Chicago area. You're driving your son to practices and stuff. What's the weather like there? I always got to find out the weather. The weather is getting better. It's about uh, 65 today, maybe. Been rainy all weekend, though, but uh, it's clearing up a little bit. Should be decent the rest of the weekend. I'm in traffic. Uh, <laughs> and a, a little rain down here that we had is just. People act like they can't drive in rain. I was about to say 65. That puts you guys in shorts and all that. So <laughs> people sun yeah, people. sun tanning and all that. At least back yeah, in the day like when a, I was there. So yeah, that's but, a break. Uh, huh? I said yeah, that's a weather break for us. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. So so what's going on with you, Zell? What you up to these days? You know, tell our people a little bit about yourself. Uh. Mainly basketball. I've been doing this uh, 
Me and a friend of mine uh, started an AAU program about five years ago. Um, you know, uh, third grade through well, high school kids now. And uh, our first group that we started with in seventh grade is, uh, you know, with my son involved is juniors uh, in high school now. So uh, basically that takes up a lot of my time. Um, What's the name of your program for your uh, AAU program? It's called Future Elite, Future Elite Basketball, um, right outside the Chicago area. Waukegan is, you know, our main, Waukegan, uh, North Chicago, Zion, neighboring cities are our main, our main area. Um, okay, and so you mentioned basketball your son. pretty much full time now. That's awesome. Now, you mentioned your son. What's going on with him? What, what's, hey, what's the stats? What, what's the scope on, on my man Carson? Uh, Carson, he's doing all right. He's a six-five. Uh, well, they call him combo guards now. Can play the point and off guard. Um, he has two offers. He played for the Illinois Wolves, a different program, is uh, uh, Under Armour program. They play in the Under Armour league all over the country. Um, okay. And he's uh, he has two offers now. One from UIC here in Chicago and one from uh, St. Louis University. So uh, hoping to get more this summer. Uh, we got two months to go before his, two or three months before, you know, his senior season started. We want to have everything ready before the senior season starts. But if not, you know, we'll, we'll go through his senior year and, and wait to see what happens. Wow, I can't believe he's a senior now, man. I remember uh, him being a little kid in pajamas when we would be doing our fantasy football drafts. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, he, and, and he, now he Carson's not the only athlete in the family. What else is going? What's up with the other kids? And oh, I got uh, two little, two uh, younger ones. Well, one is uh, my daughter's fifteen. Goes uh, school Lake Forest Academy out here is uh, one of the top schools out here actually, and she plays everything softball. Well, she tried hockey this year, which is uh, which is new. She didn't even know how to skate, but she's tough. Um, I was gonna ask you about hockey. that because I saw some, I saw some pictures. I was like, uh, when did this come into the mix? Yeah, she you know she's adventurous, so she she tries everything. So. She did really well for a person not knowing how to skate uh, at the beginning of the season. Then um, I got a little one, the eight-year-old. He's just a, he's a monster. That's my <laughs> little beast. He's he just soaking everything in from the other two. And he wrestles uh, and he plays basketball. He wants to play soccer now, so I'll probably put him in that. But he he's a... a you know he's he's similar to we were when we were younger. He's small, so he, but he's tough though. Um, okay. You know he's a he's a little, I call him Coach Carter because he he think he's the coach. <laughs> and uh, now it, his, it's funny. His name is Carter, so I call him Coach Carter. Yeah, that's that's too funny because I talked to a longtime friend of mine, uh, director of scouting, and he was like, man, he was like. Uh, you know, my son is that future elite, and he was like, "But uh, Ronzel's son, Carter, man, he's the truth." And this is coming from an NFL front office dude, not just marginal guy, guy that has seen talent around the world. 
And the the, what, the first thing we started talking about is your youngest son. <laughs> yeah, he um he has uh, uh his mentality is uh he he has that uh that that Russell Westbrook mentality so far. So what would you say is his best sport? Um, I don't even know yet. That's why I'm gonna try. You know, he gonna play soccer. Um, if he want to play baseball, we'll try that. Uh, wrestling, he was real good at. Was, uh, you know, he started at four years old in that, and it it, it it really helped him as far as basketball. But basketball, he's uh, you know, that's the family sport. So that's what he, uh, you know, that's what he's. Um, you know, uh, he loves the most so far. So it, it is funny we'll that your son, knowing how we grew up, played uh, Russell because I was a little wrestler when we was around, and that's like even for me. And I, I say this, and I mean, and obviously you're seeing it uh, manifest through your kids. Like for me, uh, wrestling, I think helped me cross over because I started around the same time Carson did. I started at four years old. And being smaller in stature, it helped me understand leverage on even how to play defense, things like that. You learn a little bit more about your body, and you're used to typically facing adversity. Yeah, but the biggest thing is, and for what it translates for basketball with him is he's not scared of contact. So whereas a lot of kids that age are scared to mix it up. Mm-hmm. He's not scared to mix it up, even, you know, with big kids. Um, you know, I have a bunch of little first and second graders, and we play them against, you know, fourth and fifth graders because they tough. You okay. know, it's not all about the scoreboard, but I just want them to, you know, go out there and play hard and, and be tough and all the the other skill stuff we'll take care of along the way. So, but, um yeah, explain exactly like what you guys are doing with Future Elite outside because it's not your, from what I noticed, uh, your typical AAU program. In fact, you know, uh, for you guys who don't know, I have two nephews that actually have been under the tutelage of both Ronzel and Andre, and I mean, it's just the the response I get, you know, with my brother-in-law having coached before, and you know, my brother as well being involved in sports. I, I've heard nothing but great things. So t- typically, you know, tell me if, if this was your business deck or whatnot, uh, Future Elite, what do you guys do with your philosophy, such, so on? Well, the thing about uh, Future Elite is uh, we run it a little different than most AAU programs. Uh, first of all, we want to win because we're competitive, but we want to win in in different ways and not just the scoreboard. You know, at this age, you know, going through it with my son and as a parent, you're kind of impatient with your child growing up. You want them to be further along than they already are most of the time, unless you got Mm -hmm. a a kid that's, uh, you know, has that uh, God-given talent right out the gate, and there's not many of those. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we're really uh, skill-based and, you know, we we look at it like building a house, you know, um, the foundation and we just go, you know, skill-wise brick after brick until you build that 
house and you know with a house you're never done really remodeling so it's always something uh to do or some skill to get better at in basketball so we're really skilled based and like i said we don't play the scoreboard we play um you know we 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 want to win the fight put it like that um you know so we play hard we play tough if we lose on the scoreboard, I guarantee you we won't lose the fight. You, If you're watching the game, you won't know who's winning the game unless you looked at the scoreboard. So um, that's pretty much what we're about in, in, in just building the skill level in these kids and, uh, you know, keeping the parents involved and, and keeping them knowledgeable about AAU and travel basketball and, Basically, to just have patience with uh with kids because you never know how they're gonna grow and uh, what size they uh, they'll be in high school and in college. You know, it's 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 an inexact science. So you know, now, that's, that's pretty with, much what we're with about. With that, like going back, like you mentioned, like the seventh grade team that your son was on and stuff like that. How many other kids are like varsity starters at other schools, things like that? Oh, um, one thing we pride our, ourselves in is getting ready kids for high school. So, um, like his seventh grade team that that end up going to high school and playing in high school, they didn't have a lot of, they didn't win a lot of tournaments. You know, they won some games, but they didn't win a lot of tournaments, but they were very skilled kids. They just didn't have a lot of big kids. But a lot of those kids went on to play varsity as, as freshmen. They were ready to play varsity basketball um, and just didn't translate to AU. So um, every year since, four to five kids play varsity basketball as freshmen. So that lets us know we're doing something. Okay, now the building. I was going to ask you: uh, Do you so a lot of those guys are they playing on the same high school teams, or they're playing on different no. teams within the area, or? Well, uh, no. Libertyville. You know, we get kids from all over uh, our area, so it's not just um, a home-based, you know, where we're located at. We get kids from all the surrounding cities, so, um, like I said, those a lot of those kids, uh, you know, get out of eighth grade, they're prepared skill-wise to play varsity basketball, so, and that's our, our immediate goal for most of the kids is to get them ready for high school. And then, uh, you know, normally after high school, it's up to the kid whether they want to continue to put in work to, uh, you know, to go to a different level playing basketball. So, um, you know, that's our, our immediate goal with most of the kids in the program is get them prepared for high school. And then, you know, after that, it's, uh, it's on them whether they want to continue to, to get better. Yeah, because it, uh, you know, like Andre's son, uh, doesn't he have offers as well? If I'm not mistaken, um, some big schools looking at him. He was a freshman this year at uh, Loyola Academy. Okay, and, uh, he had some big schools looking at him. They normally don't offer uh, freshmen, uh, 
colleges don't unless they're seven or six, eight, or just a, a, a flat-out animal. But he has uh, big schools you know, looking at him, Wisconsin, um, and some other schools that have put him in. He's definitely on the radar of some big colleges. And, and what about your young man at Libertyville? Is is that another one? Or, uh, um, we have a... Uh, some kids that play varsity at Libertyville. We have um, another kid at Waukegan that uh, actually me and you went to high school with Kelly Brown. His son, um, oh, KB. <laughs> his, yeah, his his son is one of the top kids, a freshman, one of the top freshmen in uh, Illinois. Really, along with Andre's son. So, yeah, how tall is KB's son? KB's son is like six four right now. As a whoa, as a the, freshman, yeah. Now, how would you compare his skill to his daddy's skill around that same age? Uh, he's more skilled than Kelly was. Okay. But, um, Kelly was uh, you know, basketball was different back then. So Kelly was more played more of a big man role. Okay. Uh, Brian is more um has a more overall game can shoot. Handle the ball. Uh, he, he can play block shots. All was a you know he is a big man. Yeah, so much. Um, but you know basketball is different now, so these kids have to be more well rounded than you were back back then. Back well, we're going to talk a little bit more about. Just even the time uh, with basketball and things like that when we come back from break. So we're going to be back in a second. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to jdharris at high-intensitysports.com. 
Now, let's get back to the show. So we're back and uh, Rozelle started to start a topic. Uh, we're kind of comparing uh, one of our former classmates with his son. And uh, Rozelle, you were starting to elaborate a little bit on how basketball has changed uh, now, how it is now compared to what well, we were in school back in 1992, three. Yeah. So uh, go ahead and elaborate on that a little bit, please. No, I was saying that, you know, um, Brian, who is Kelly's son that we went to the school with, um, is about the same height that Kelly was in high school, but, um, you know, has a more all-around basketball game. But um, in saying that is, uh, you know, with the way basketball is played now, the kids have to be more versatile uh, as a player in college and, well, you see it at the pro now. Six, seven guys, six guys are out there handling the ball, shooting threes. You know, you got a seven-footer in Dirk Nowinski playing the forward and, and probably could play a guard, too, because he can handle and shoot it out there. But um, basketball is changing as far as it, it, it being less physical and more of a, you know, everyone skilled uh, at, at, at least two or three things to be on the court, whether it's shooting, dribbling, uh, passing the ball. You know, you, you have to be good at at least two or three of those things now. What do you think that's attributed to? Do you think it's the influx of European players that have come into the league? Or, you know, or because uh, I just remember back in like 2002, 2003, Bob Costas and uh, John Thompson uh, we're breaching, uh, broaching the subject, uh, dealing with how the complexion and reflection of NBA was going to change with how they were no longer necessarily going to Rutgers Park to get basketball players that, you know, they were kind of dealing more with the Euro-style or Olympic-style basketball. It, it, would you say, is, what do you think about that? I think it's just the evolution of of the game, really, to tell you the truth. I think, you know, with the three-point line being out there and, you know, uh, and, for example, you know, Dirk Nowinski and those guys, the the taller guys, KG, uh, Dirk, um, you know, and that started in the, you know, the late 90s with more skilled, um, versatile men uh, coming in the game. You know, you had guys like, Christian Leitner in, in college that could shoot uh, the three. Um, you know, those taller guys, those six nine, six ten guys started coming in the NBA being able to shoot the ball, not to mention, you know, the overseas players. So I think it's just an a evolution of, you know, of basketball with it being, you know, uh, less physical also. Um, not as many guys banging in the post. Now everybody wants to shoot threes and handle the ball like Michael Jordan when they were little. The guys that were born, uh, you know, that are a generation after Jordan, that's who most of the kids emulated. Whether yeah, because you had the Penny Hardaway. Right, those guys could shoot and handle the ball. Um, so Would it's you say only, Penny Hardaway was probably the – First, like transformation in a sense, you know, with him running point. Yeah, I mean, he's a, a, a descendant of you know 
Magic Johnson, but you also had guys that was right after Magic, like Steve Smith, um, Penny, uh, later on guys like uh, Grant Hill, mm-hmm. um, Tracy McGrady. Those guys are six eight, six nine. Uh, you know, handling the ball, and uh, you know you have stuff like the, you know, you got to remember in the NBA, like the three point contest didn't start to maybe like 1984-85 All-Star game. So you had kids watching that and wanting to shoot threes. Those are the guys who grew up to be, you know, Kobe, Dirk Nowinski, uh, like I said, KG, and, you know, the Steve Nashes, and I mean, guys like that who were watching basketball back then wanting to be like Larry Bird and you know, guys that shot the ball outside, and it, it was a total evolution of the game. So it was, it was pretty uh, inevitable to me. So speaking about that, you know, talking about one of the relics, uh, or the ones that transfer from being a relic to what we see now, is like Tracy McGrady, uh, and Tracy McGrady had some words to say regarding Steph Curry being the two-time or unanimous or being the unanimous back-to-back MVP he made the statement I don't know if you heard it about how the game is watered down now uh, did you hear, hear about yeah. that what, what's yeah. your thoughts on that well, I, I disagree with that I think uh, and I think a lot of players are dis- disagree with that is I don't think the, it, the, the game is watered down I think um like I said, it's less physical, but the players, to me, are more skilled. The game is just less physical, so it's, it looks uh, it looks like it's more finesse. But I mean, half the, the the guys in the '80s and the early '90s couldn't do what a lot of these guys could do now, as far as you know, things they do with the ball at six eight, six nine, six ten, six eleven, even the seven footers today. A lot of those guys couldn't do what these guys could do, and it's it's not really their fault that uh, the rules of basketball have changed to be, you know, a less physical game. So now, I don't think it's watered down. I think it's just McGrady probably wish he played in this time. He'd probably score, you know, 30, 40 points a game if they couldn't touch the player, you know, either. So, now, what's your opinion of Steph Curry? Because, Well, I'll give you my opinion. Because you look at him, he looks like, you know, he hasn't touched a weight in his life. He has the baby face. And you don't, when you look at him, I call him the baby face assassin. Because mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't see him being the dude that is going to take your heart out. Like, when you see Michael Jordan, or you see Kobe Bryant, or KG, those were intimidating figures. You see a guy that's smiling, mm-hmm. that, like I said, but when I see him, his marksmanship, I'm just like, dang, I, I can't believe, like, how he, you know, he, what defense, what you're told nor- naturally to give up on defense, you know, to a player, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you're going to you're gonna go with the odds. You're going to say, there's no way he's going to hit this. So let's play off of right, him. Right. But 
I mean, you see the other night when he came, you know, into the over, I mean, off the bench. And, like, wherever he went, you saw at least three sets of eyes on him, leaving other men open. And this dude is just a foot in front of the half-court line. Yeah. I you mean, know, uh, to me, Steph Curry is a, a human cheat code, like the video game, for real. <laughs> he really is like the, the human cheat code. But to me, um, the thing about Curry is, is his confidence. Because I believe that a lot of players could do something similar to him, maybe not as the, at the clip or maybe at, as good or percentage-wise, shoot as well as he can. But I think a lot of guys could play like that if they had the confidence to. Or you see a lot of these guys, if you ever watch basketball, Summer League or, you know, Drew League or like the Rucker, what they used to have back in the day, them guys would go there and easily score like, you know, uh, 60 points in a game. And be, it's because they're playing free, right? They're playing yeah. free, no no coaches, probably shooting half-court shots, doing a lot of things they don't do in the NBA game. The only difference is Steph Curry does that stuff in the game. Those guys so do you, don't do it in the game. So do you think it's because, and, and some would say even the same about like a Steve Nash when he was playing – he had the green light to just do stuff that normally, yeah. you know, maybe Larry Brown would have said. Yeah, it comes with confidence, though. Um, to me, Damon Lillard is the only other player, um, little guard as far as uh, point guards, that plays similar to Steph because he's able to do those things. Um, again, maybe not at, a, at the percentage as good as shoot as good a percentage as Curry, but um, you see when they play uh, Portland, that he could do a lot of those things too. So it, it's a it's a confidence thing, and uh, you know Kobe did things, Jordan did things on the court that other guys couldn't do. But it, it to me it was a it's a it's a confidence thing. With Curry is, uh, you know, he, he he has the supreme confidence to go out there and do everything that he trains to do. And a lot of players don't do that in the NBA. So would you, you know, say... They, they train... Hmm? Oh, go ahead. I said they train, but um, they don't play as free as they would if they were playing in the All-Star game or playing in a, you know, a summer league game or went home and played in the Y against, you know, some some college players, uh, you know, a, a pickup game. They they would play like Curry if they were playing in a pickup game. As far as shooting when they wanted to and shooting crazy shots and, you know, stuff like that, it's it just Curry has the, the confidence in the balls to do it in the NBA game. So, so if you had, if you were a GM and you're starting a team in the league now, who's your who's your top pick, or who's who do you say is that dude? Because I have my dude, and it, it actually it wouldn't be Curry as much as I like him. If I was starting a team now, I would still uh, probably get LeBron James. 
it, and it I'm is not fu- the biggest LeBron James fan. Uh huh. But he could do so many things on the court besides score the ball. True. I mean, he's a six eight, freaking fast as hell. Uh, could pass, could play point guard, rebound the ball, score when he wants to. He's still the best to me all around player in the game, and you know I could get a another shooter out there, maybe not as good as Curry, but uh, LeBron, I know he'll give me, he'll do, he'll be one of the uh, top players at doing four or five other different things on the court. And and I think think versatility is key, but I guess, and that would be one I would consider, like, I mean, it's not, like, far off, but my dude is Westbrook. I mean, yeah, I just... Yeah, I love Russell. Huh? Yeah, Russell is uh, one of my favorite players. Yeah, I mean, he just goes, 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 goes. I mean, like, I love Kawhi Leonard's game, but if I had yeah. to say... It, you know, a lot of times coaches get people or they like a reflection of them and I just say what's and not saying I have the athletic ability of a Russell Russell Westbrook at all not even implying that but his mentality is what I like his mentality yeah yeah I'm like he's like who are we gonna play we're gonna play Steph all right fine we're gonna play Kobe fine you know he's like bring him bring whoever out there and I'm going to compete and I am going to try to wear them out and they know when I'm yeah, on the court. Yeah, he and the thing is, the the worst person to ever battle is a person that doesn't give up and doesn't have fear. Yeah, that's why the Warriors don't want to play OKC. They really don't want to see them. No, because as, as bad as OKC plays, sometimes you still hate to play against guys like that. You know you've been in a you know you've been in a barnyard fight, which I guess yeah. kind of leads on to what I was going or to lead to. So I picked the Spurs to win it all. Uh, this was earlier on in the season. I felt like you know Pop was you know kind of resting the guys, saving them like he always does. And then mm-hmm. when it comes down to this time, it's just like okay, we're going to strategize to win our division or our conference and beat Golden State, but I need fresh guys to do so. Whereas, uh, whatchamacallit, um, to see that um, uh, OKC coming and winning this series so far is really shocking to me, but it goes back to your boy, Westbrook, in my eyes. Yeah. And that's uh, the crazy thing is, you know, I, I've never been a part of the the Spurs love fest, mainly because I'm a Laker fan, but um, I never thought they were guaranteed to make it um, out of the West or even to the Western Conference Finals. I think, um, I think uh, Kawhi Leonard is, you know, everybody knows he's pretty much their best player now. But I don't think um, 
first of all, I didn't think they would beat the Warriors if they did make it to the finals. But I thought OKC would uh, give them a run at, um, at 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 making it to the finals. You know, mainly because they're the team is old. Besides a couple players, uh, you know, Aldridge and um, Kawhi. Aldridge and uh, Kawhi. Everybody else is is, is kind of on their last. You know, like Charles Barkley said, is on is on the back nine. <laughs> yeah, and, so, and I see that, and I that's why I thought he was. Uh, it, I still say right now, right now in basketball, even though he doesn't touch the court. Greg Popovich is the best coach and very key yeah. to their success. And so I just think of him managing his people, you know, for, for this time, uh, I thought would be probably why that they would go. You know, their guys are a little bit fresher. Yes, they're older, but you let the young guys get the experience. Um, but I could also see where, at, you know, where the young guys like uh, – Aldrich, although I don't think he is the killer like Kawhi is. I think he has game, but Kawhi yeah. to be like if Kawhi has a bad game, he won't have two bad games in a row. Um, you know because yeah. he he's a competitor. But we're gonna talk a little yeah, bit more yeah. about this. We're gonna go into break, and we'll be back in a sec. Yep. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So while we're on break, we started talking. And uh, one of the things that Ronzel brought up, what I thought was pretty interesting, he was uh, talking about OKC and how they basically 
play basketball the right way and the wrong way. In fact, won't you say what you were saying? I I was basically saying that enigma to themselves to themselves because um, they're probably the most dangerous team on paper. Yep. Besides, uh, you know, the Warriors and what they have, but. Like I was saying to you, they play basketball the wrong way and the right way at the same time. Right way meaning they play hard, they play tough. They, you know, they want to win the game, but sometimes to the detriment of the team, they don't hit the open man. Um, they might, uh, you know, uh, take a few bad shots. Um, you know, stuff like that, which may hurt them. But in this series, you know, all you need to win is have four good games. And they've already had what? What did they win? Three? Three? They already had three three good games. You know, so, you know, it's it's iffy with the with OKC sometimes. And, I, you know, actually I like them in a, in a matchup better than uh, – I like them in a matchup with the Warriors better than uh, the Spurs playing the Warriors. And so, so like one one of the things that Ronzel said too, he you know just talking about um, Westbrook being the guy that you know the same thing that he'll you know will cause him to win is what they cause him to lose. So I, I compared him. I said he is the Brett Favre of basketball, and you know you had the gunslinger, yeah. and it's like the the thing you're told not to do, he does and he wins. And it's funny because I've been spending the uh, past week really studying the West Coast offense. So I was studying and comparing, like, uh, Brett Favre to Joe Montana that mm-hmm. ran the similar systems. And Joe Montana's going to, you know, he's going to do his five with a hitch. He's going to look to the left and then hit that tight end with the shuffle steps to the right. And where Brett Favre is going to go to the left, go backwards on his back foot and throw it even back to the receiver that ran a five a five yard out to his left, and so it's it, it yeah. just and, and that I I can see that with Westbrook. I I'm gonna um, kind of challenge the thing or disagree a little bit. I felt like, or in my opinion, I felt like the Spurs would match up better with Golden State, even though they lost in the regular season to them at home and stuff like that. I just felt like mm-hmm. the Spurs. Their ability to shoot on the outside or stretch, or you guys, he's driving in Chicago land. So, uh, but uh, stretch the floor, I felt like they could compete with them in that sense where it doesn't almost yeah. really become an athleticism thing with their old age, with the exception, which I really like with Golden State, where Andre Ugaldaga gets out there because. You know, to me, he's their best athlete. Their second best athlete, overall athlete, is uh, uh, Draymond. I, you know, he's. Yeah. But he's I just the key think to that team. he's the key. But I think Andre is really like is key too because when they need someone athletic to defend the guards and stuff like that, I think. Yeah, defensively. Huh. Yeah, defensively. Defensively, he is. Yeah, I think that he is the key ingredient when they play someone that has, like a, a OKC. He's that one guy that okay, we're going to put you and we're going to try to 
slow down a Westbrook. Whereas I felt, I mean, but then you have Draymond, which is to me the modern day kind of like Charles Barkley, you know, up there banging with the big boys. So uh, with the series right now with Golden State, it looks like they'll win that convincingly. Or is that safe to say? Yeah, but the thing is, this series with Portland is, you know, in the playoffs is where coaches earn their money, right? Yep. And a lot of times everybody says, well, you know, you don't even have to coach the Warriors. You just let them go out there. Or you don't have to coach so-and-so. You just let them blah, blah, blah. You ain't have to coach the Lakers because they had Kobe and Shaq and blah, 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 or the Bulls back in the day. But this is really where the coaches earn their money, you know, strategy-wise and making adjustments. And one adjustment that Portland made that made their games a lot closer and what a lot of people don't see is unless you really study basketball and not watch it, surface watch it, mm-hmm. it, it may be a template for other teams when they play uh, Warriors is how they're playing Draymond Green. And what they did this last game that they had a chance to win in, the overtime game is they were playing a small player on Draymond Green, a lot of times a guard. Because Draymond mm-hmm. Green really doesn't post up, right? Yeah. So now what you have when the Warriors run their 1-4 pick and roll, which is Curry, Draymond, pick and roll is now when you switch that, which a lot of teams like to do is switch the pick and rolls. Is it makes the gardening easier. Is now when they switch that pick and roll that Curry likes to come off of, he's being guarded by a guard. Now it's not yeah. a mismatch. That right? makes sense. So wow. a lot of times when he came off that pick and roll, or the uh, the Warriors ran those pick and rolls. When they switched, it was a guy that could guard Curry. And a lot of times, if you go back and watch that game, it was a lot of breakdowns And with Portland's defense when Curry started going off in that fourth quarter in overtime. It was like a, a couple lapses in, in strategy to what Portland had been doing the whole game. So I think, uh, I think they hit on something that a lot of other teams, whoever plays the Warriors next, will try to do in that series, and I'm anxious to see how uh, OKC, if they win that series, is going to play uh, Warriors pick and roll, which is, you know, the the main gist of their offensive plays, pick and roll, and, and those guys, Clay uh, coming off, you know, a million screens. So we'll, we'll see how that's played, but I thought Portland – kind of hit on something in, in guard the six seven Draymond Green with a with a, a smaller guard daring them to post Draymond Green up, which they didn't. Mm-hmm. So now so it's safe to say I'm gonna take Golden State over Portland. I still believe right. that San Antonio, you know, Dylan in the West, San Antonio can come back and win two back to back against OKC. Right. I mean, it so I'm still going with San Antonio. I'm not running away from them. So who do you have between OKC and San Antonio? I still got uh, OKC. I think that winning uh, those games in uh, 
or that last game, even winning that game in San Antonio was a big um was a big confidence boost for them and they they're they're starting to do some things coaching wise too that they didn't do in the regular season, which is play uh Enos Cantor and uh and Steven Adams two mobile seven footers together at the same time. And it's it's causing the Spurs a little bit of problems. Uh, offensively and defensively, that's one way you can beat the Spurs. Uh, the Warriors is is playing on the inside, yeah. And you know, offensive rebounding and stuff like that. And uh, I think OKC may have uh, hit on something in playing the the Warriors. I mean, the, the Spurs right now. We'll see if they do the same thing if they win the series against the Warriors. But um. I think, uh, you know, the, the coaching, I think this is where you make your money in the playoffs, and it's all about strategy and matchups. So, now Still I'm going to ask you. Go, Popovich, our masters at that. This is true. Now, going to the East, you got Cleveland. It's safe to say that they'll win that, that game, right. that series. Have you been following that series as well? Yeah. Cleveland will win that easily to me. Um, what I'm hoping for in the East is Cleveland and Miami, just because I think that game will be personal. Yeah. With uh, Dwayne and uh, D Wade and uh, LeBron. Yeah, Dwayne looks like he found the found the youth a little bit. He, I mean. Oh yeah, he been he been straight hooping. Yeah, I mean, he he probably had to take a vacation away from Gabrielle or something. Because <laughs> he, yeah, Dwayne, he man, he done found a, like you said, like the found the youth or something, man. Because I thought he, he was done last crazy. year. I thought, I mean, honestly, you know, uh, I thought after last year, I was like, he's done. You know, he's yeah. he looked like Kobe looked this season to me, how yeah. he ended last year. Yeah. So yeah. to see him, you know, doing what he's doing now, and, and, and so. I could see the East Miami versus Cleveland. Who do you think will win that series? I think Cleveland is still coming out the East. I think they found kind of a rhythm to how they want to play as far as those three guys on the court. And I think with LeBron playing more of a point guard role on that team and let Kyrie Irving do what he do and let <laughs> Kevin Love do what he does. And I think, uh, Tyron Lue, uh coach, kind of found like a little formula to get them, get them rolling, and let and it's pretty much letting each guy do what they do well. Mm-hmm. Because LeBron really, I think, uh, I think LeBron really wants to be a facilitator, and then when he needs to take over, he will. Yeah, that's what he wants to do, and that's actually what he's best at. Mm-hmm. I think that's a strong no, point. I, I don't think LeBron yeah. wants to be the guy to take it at the end of the game. But his mere presence on the court at the end of the game makes people, especially since he's taken this new role, or I mean not a new role, but he's more in this role now as the uh, power point or point forward or whatever you want to call him. I think that now is a different type, is not as much pressure for I think he will be relieved if he has to take the shot at the end of the game now, because he's not the man in a sense of doing all the scoring. Yeah. I think if they stay healthy, uh, 
I don't think the Warriors want to play them either the way they're playing now if they stay healthy. So which team in the West? So do you think – so you, you're you going to take Cincinnati – I mean uh, Cleveland, same difference. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But you're going to take Cleveland coming out the East. Are you still saying – would you say Golden State over OKC or yeah. – go- so still got Golden State, and so you're gonna give it to Cleveland to win it all, basically. No, really. Uh, I still say the Warriors. It's gonna be hard to beat them in a seven game series. Uh huh. But I think, uh, I think whatever series it is, it's going at least six, seven games. If it's uh, if it's Cleveland. I think that Kyrie, how he's playing now, could be the X factor against Golden State if they made it. But again, I picked I picked San Antonio to win it all. Um, but and I'm going to stick with it probably just because I'm being stubborn. But I will say this: I feel like OKC would match better up with Cleveland than the rest of them because they have. You know, they have someone long and athletic that can play LeBron with KD. Then you have Westbrook that I'm going to take Westbrook over, over um, what we call it, Kyrie, because I just think Westbrook is just a manimal. So, yeah. No, nah, Cleveland is going to be a tough out. Yeah, it is. It is. Cleveland is going to be a tough out. If they stay healthy, it's, it's going to be tough to beat them because they're, they're kind of clicking on all cylinders right now. And I think the uh, the biggest pickup of the year that nobody's really talking about is uh, oh boy. Channing Fry playing Channing Fry. on uh, yep. Cleveland. You know, Channing Fry can stretch the floor, do a lot of the things that not handle the ball like Draymond Green, but just him stretching the floor and leaving that open for Kyrie and LeBron to operate is huge. Well, I, and I feel like the second best pickup was Golden State with getting Sean Livingston or Livingston. Yeah. Because that just yeah. creates. Huh? Definitely. Yeah. And it's funny. And both of them independently. I don't ever look at and say, I want them on my team. <laughs> but seeing how they're playing within the teams that they're on, it makes a lot of sense. But speaking was making, making a lot of sense, man. We're going to have to, again, we're going to have you back on. I really appreciate you taking the time. And I appreciate you listeners uh, checking us out. Uh, you got to check out Ronzel Future Elite if you're in the Chicagoland area or you want to fly him in to work with your uh, student athlete. You need to uh, check it out. Do you guys, which, is it futureelite.com? It's uh, futurebasketball.net. Futurebasketball.net. So, hey, Zell, I appreciate you coming on, man. I will talk to you. Everybody, thank you for listening, and we are out of here. Peace. Peace. All right, we're just about out of here, but make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of The Man Cave with J.D. Harris and Ray Austin on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.